I'm learning every single day about what inspired leadership is. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey there, a big welcome back, and thank you for joining us today on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky. You are going to love the show that we've got lined up for you today because today we're going places. So listen, how is your career working out? Are you being considered for those big opportunities that are coming up? More importantly, how far are you willing to go to capitalize on those opportunities? Our guest today has demonstrated time and time again that he's willing to go where few others go to get the results that he knows are possible. He's worked his way up through the ranks in the airline world, changing companies, changing countries, and even changing continents to seize on big opportunities. He has literally removed the doors from the offices of his team to get them going. He exemplifies what it means to be going places. And after a year of bugging him to get on this show, I'm so happy to welcome a valued friend and a respected airline executive, the president of Air Canada Rouge, Mr. Duncan Bureau. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders. Oh, Terry, thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this discussion for quite a while. You have quite a story to share. Also, a lot of great leadership perspectives. Sharing those with our audience, I think, would really be useful. But before we do, I got a quick question for you. What or who inspires Duncan Bureau? There's so many people that I've had the great opportunity to work with over my career. And I'll tell you, the very first person I ever met that I decided that I wanted to be a leader like him was a guy named Dan Cotter. He was a vice president at Canadian Airlines for many years. I ended up working with him on a project at Greyhound Air, if you remember that, where I first met Dan. And, you know, I just knew I wanted to be a leader like him. He was so focused on his people and partners, inspiring and mentoring employees. Everyone he would come in contact with, it would be a positive experience. And Guys like that are the people that I want to emulate. I've been very fortunate here at Air Canada to work with Kalen Rovanescu, who I think is one of the best CEOs in the world. And I've had the opportunity to meet and work with a number. Kalen is just in a league of his own. And if you look at the transformation that's occurred here at Air Canada, led by Kalen and his vision, this is probably one of the best Canadian business turnaround stories in history when you look at Air Canada over the last six or seven years. It's been unbelievable. I'm so glad that you mentioned Mr. Rovanescu. Like you said, I agree with you 100%. One of the best CEOs I've ever seen anywhere. Now, you and I have actually had an opportunity to work together over the last few years. I was introduced to you through the other half of the Leadership Brothers, Pat Lepofsky, who a lot of our listeners will recognize as a hosts of the Intolerable Bosses show, but today we're here to talk about inspiring leaders. And you know, I've met a lot of inspiring leaders throughout my career and through this podcast, but I want to share with our audience that I've never met anyone who's a better mover and a shaker than you. Not only have you been going places in your own career, but it seems to me that everybody around you is doing the same thing. They're all going places. I mentioned earlier that you even removed the doors from the offices of some of the people on your team. What's the story there, Duncan? Did you really do that? There's a great myth to that story. There is a little bit of truth to it as well. I was working with an organization that had what I would call it the vice president row. 
we had all these vice presidents who would come in in the morning and they would go into their offices and they would shut the door. And I'm pretty sure they didn't open them until about four o'clock in the afternoon. There was just no way that they were engaging or inspiring or leading their teams. On numerous occasions, I would suggested that they get out of their offices and walk around and say hello, really interact with their teams. This idea that everything was formal and people had to literally knock on their doors to go in and see them really rubbed me the wrong way. After numerous attempts at encouraging them not to manage their teams that way, I thought it was pretty important that we actually remove the physical door so that we would get out of their offices a little more often. So there is a little bit of truth to that story. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. You've got the kahunas, my friend. I've always known you as somebody who is hugely in touch with your intuition, and you're also highly decisive. You're not afraid to take those bold steps for what you really believe in. So folks, I got to give the people here a little bit of background on you, Duncan. So Duncan Bureau has been there, done that in the airline industry. Back in the 90s, he was working in finance and also in marketing with the legendary Canadian Airlines, which has already come up in our conversation. In the early 2000s, he led the Air Miles Rewards Program for the Loyalty Group. Then a few years later, you joined WestJet. You were the director of sales there initially and worked your way up the ranks. You became the vice president of sales and airline partnerships. You led WestJet during probably their largest growth years, staying there a decade before packing your bags and moving your family out to Kuala Lumpur and becoming the senior VP of global sales and distribution for Malaysia Airlines. And I think it wasn't until 2014, is Duncan, is that when you moved back to Canada? Yeah, that's right. You became Air Canada's vice president of global sales. That's where I really started connecting with you. And I know that you were absolutely instrumental in filling seats on planes. And that led to pretty insane growth that we've already alluded to. During that time, I think your stock went to about three, four bucks a share, up to about $28, $29 a share. It's been, as you described earlier, one of the biggest corporate success stories that I've heard of. I'm certainly not going to take credit for the appreciation of capital. One thing we did do at Air Canada is we created what I think is one of the best organizations in the world. We have a team there that wants to win every single day, makes the right business decisions. It's being led now by a guy named John McLeod, a very, very capable guy and very well respected. In fact, John McLeod was the first guy who ever hired me in the airline business. I have a lot of respect and time for him, and I know that he will do a phenomenal job managing that team and continuing the type of growth that Air Canada has seen. We created this new culture within the sales organization. We empowered our folks to make decisions. We wanted them to do what's right for the customer, create contracts that make sense, that truly is win-win. And I know everyone says they want win-win contracts, but you know, at Air Canada, I really believe that we got there. We recreated a relationship with the distribution network that is so important to our business. There's an incredible amount of trust, an incredible amount of respect on both sides. The team has done a phenomenal job. Guys like Virgilio Russi, Lisa Pierce, Robert Trudeau, Tim Liu. I mean, there's so many of them that are doing a phenomenal job on the sales side, really building equity, not only internally amongst our colleagues at Air Canada, which is also important, having that respect internally. A sales forces struggle at a lot of organizations believe that we kiss babies, shake hands and play golf. <laughs> and that just couldn't be further from the truth. The reality is sales is a real job 
and we have real KPIs and we have real mandates relative to delivering profitable business to the organization. And I would say the Air Canada sales team is one of the best in the world. I'm incredibly proud of the team that we built there. And again, you know, the guys like Anthony Doyle and Keith Wallace and uh, all of those guys who are running different sections within the sales and distribution organization really are great leaders in my mind and have done a great job with their teams. Talk about a great practice. You're really exemplifying quality leadership by giving credit to those people that really do deserve a lot of credit for all of the work that they're doing out on the ground. I have to agree with you. You know, my background is in corporate sales. I have never met a better team, a more capable team, a team with more expertise and more personality than the Air Canada Global Sales Team. And I think that a lot of that, Duncan, really does reflect on the leader that they worked for for several years. You at the helm of the Global Sales Team. I think last year in 2017, you were named the Travel Personality of the Year by PAX News. So, hey, congratulations on that, too. That's very kind of them to do that. And again, I think it's more the equity that Air Canada has built within the travel trade that's allowed us to get recognition. Our CFO was recognized as the top CFO. Kalen was recognized as the top CEO. Lucy Gamet was recognized as one of the top 100 most powerful women in business. She's the most senior female executive we have, chief commercial officer. Ariel, who heads up our culture and our human resources organization. Catherine Dyer, who is our CIO. I mean, we have a lot of incredibly talented executives within the organization, and I'm probably doing those a disservice by not naming every single one of them individually, but that's tough to do. But we really do have an incredible team. And, you know, I've I've sat in boardrooms with executive teams, and I can honestly say the Air Canada executive team is definitely the the most talented team and a team that really works together and has uh, incredible respect for each other's verticals. I said it before, and I'll say it again, the amount of respect that I have for the team that you've led is amazing. And now you've got a whole new team, a bigger team, because of the success that you've had. This year, you were named president of Air Canada Rouge, the vacation destination carrier, which by the way, I'm taking to Cuba in December. But listen, congratulations once again for another bold career move. Obviously, based on your track record, everybody's expecting more fireworks and spectacular results. Well, you know what? The team has done an incredible job. But this business We started Rouge over five years ago. We're celebrating our fifth year now. We've carried over 25 million people. We're going to get to the next 25 at a much faster pace than we got to the first 25. And I'm excited to be here. We've got a phenomenal team here. The leadership team here is extremely strong, very talented, very diverse, very broad background in terms of aviation. And we have a very young frontline crew. And we have 1,400 flight attendants and cabin crew that are, in my view, world-class. One of the things we do here that is very different is our cabin crew are trained down at Disney. We fly them down there and they spend a few days down there learning about customer service and guest experience. And I think we would probably all agree that Disney is certainly one of the world leaders in guest experience. And that's something that we thought was incredibly important for the Rouge brand. We're creating remarkable experiences all the time. When people are flying with us, I always try and remind our team, we don't know why people are flying. They're either going for a celebration, they're going on vacation. Some people save up an entire lifetime to go on that vacation. It's our job to make sure that they have a great experience. Someone might be traveling because of a loss. So you always have to have that smile on and you always have to be ready to react to people's responses and their mood and their experience. And it's our job to do as much for them as we possibly can. And you know, being here at Rouge is incredibly exciting. I've been here three months now and I'm really looking forward to the next few years. I've flown Rouge several times. 
every single time that I do. It is truly an experience. So I think the training that you're providing people at Disney, all of that good customer service focus, you really are making a difference. And I would say that Air Canada Rouge is becoming one of those brands like Disney that other organizations are looking to and saying, hey, we want to learn from you. We want to be like you guys. We hear all of the great stuff and the awesome feedback that's coming back from customers like me like other people that I talk to. And it's the same comments that I'm hearing from others. So you're obviously doing a lot. Now, getting back to you in particular, you've obviously seen a lot and been through a lot in your career, Duncan. And I think some people might even say that you have a bit of an unorthodox leadership approach. If you don't mind, let's start by shedding a little bit of light on your leadership perspectives. You're not your usual leader. I recall the day I graduated university, my father, who I had a ton of respect for and time for. And he was definitely not a orthodox leader either. And, you know, one of the things he told me literally the day I graduated from university was to establish your eccentricities early so that people will accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm not a button down tie banking type of executive. And I, I like to engage with my team. I want to know about their lives. I want to know about what makes them excited and gets them motivated. And I want to be able to inspire them and find those things that create a work environment where people want to come to work every single day, where companies and customers want to fly with us and organizations want to invest with us. I tell people all the time, I get to go to work. I don't have to go to work. Right. Uh, And that's a big difference. If you can create an environment like that for your people where they actually feel like they get to go to work rather than have to go to work, what an incredible place to work. Yeah. One thing I've gotten to know about you, Duncan, is that you challenge people. You challenge people to be their best, to enjoy what they're doing. You give them a lot of leeway for decision-making, but you really challenge them to reach beyond where I think most people would. You put them in a position where they can set those goals that are way out of the box and really help them and encourage them to get there. You do it in a very bold way, and I think that you do it with a lot of intuition as well. I don't sense that you're the kind of guy that needs a lot of data. You seem like you really have learned to trust your intuition. Is that right? I think in our business, you can suffer from analysis paralysis. There's just so much data and so much reams of data. You know what? We've got to make a decision, and we need to make the decision with the best information that we have. The teams need to make the best decision they can with the information they have. If we make a mistake, and I guarantee you we are going to make mistakes, my view is sort of fail early. Make sure that we make an informed decision, the best decision that we have, and empower your team to do that. There's no punishments for making mistakes, What there is opportunity to learn. And that's really where my head is around. We have to make decisions. This is a business that is changing literally every minute, and it's very competitive. We have to be able to respond quickly to the marketplace. We have to be able to respond to customers who are asking us for things that normally would fall out of policy. And I hate that word policy. I prefer different terms. We got to do what's right for the customer and do what's right for our employees and create that kind of business that people really want to aspire to. The customer-centric approach, I think, is probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from interacting with many of the people on your team over the years. It really is an example for the industry. Let's just shift gears a little bit because you guys are doing things. You're taking people to vacation destinations, taking people around the world. You're connecting the globe, really, is what you're doing. Where do you go for vacation? You get to go anywhere you want. What does Duncan Bureau do when you need a little downtime or you've got a little time on your hands? You know what? People ask me that all the time. And I guess the answer is I love to travel. 
for me, it's about just going to new places all the time. I want to experience as many different destinations in the world as I can. I want to experience cultures and food, and I want to experience what it's like to be in Cambodia or the Maldives or South Africa or the UK, wherever in the world. So it really depends. But I also have a home in California, so I like to go and hide there sometimes, sit by the pool and stare at the palm trees, particularly in the winter. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I'll bet. I think as a leader, it's pretty important to have that disconnect time and take a little time for yourself, think about things, put things in perspective, step back from the day-to-day. Is that something that you would practice yourself? I'm probably not as good as it as I should be. And I think it's critically important that leaders do that. I think there's got to be some time where you step away from the business and remind yourself what's important in life. We're not saving babies here at the airline. We're creating remarkable experiences. Sometimes we do need to just shut off and have some downtime. And whether it's physical or mental, do things that are not part of your every single day work experience. I think that's important for everybody. I like when you mentioned see other cultures. There are so many things that are being done, whether a culture is fast paced, like in Europe or in Australia or here in Canada or the U.S., or whether it's a culture that's got that history, that strong history, like India or China. I think uh, getting an example and seeing what's happening in those communities, obviously it's going to open people's eyes and get them thinking about things in a different way. You know, nothing creates tolerance more than travel. I truly believe that. I think that every single student before they can graduate from university or high school should be required to go somewhere in the world to experience a different culture, to create this level of tolerance. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Canadians are incredibly fortunate. We live in a bubble of wealth and we live in a bubble of safety. I think it's important that people get out and see what happens in the rest of the world. You know, taking your kids to India to see not only the incredible culture and the history, but also recognize that there's extreme poverty. We're just not exposed to that extreme poverty in Canada. And our kids sort of need to understand that there's a lot more out there in the world. And I also believe that it's important for us as Canadians to bring more Canada to the rest of the world. In the geopolitical environment we're in today, I think Canadians have a lot to offer the world. I think that people should put down their Twitter accounts and treat people with a lot more respect and dignity. And I think Canadians just inherently do that. I like the idea that we're taking Canadians around the world and we're exposing the world to Canadian culture and Canadian hospitality. We have a responsibility as Air Canada. We carry the name of our country on the side of our aircraft. And our employees are ambassadors, not only of Air Canada, Air Canada Rouge, but also of Canada. We take that very seriously. And I take it very seriously when I'm talking to our teams. You are Canada. You are the face of Canada. And you are the face of this great company. You have been right front and center and a huge contributing factor in one of the greatest success stories in Canadian business. I'm interested, Duncan, from you to find out what's next for you. You've just come in as president of Air Canada Rouge. Where are you going to take that? Where are you going to take your career? Where are you going to take the organization? What do you see down the road? I think we have an incredible opportunity here at Air Canada Rouge. We have one of those brands that I think will become a household brand across the country. And quite frankly, I believe that that we're well down the path. I'd like to create a company here that people just aspire to and want to be a part of, whether that's as a partner, whether that's as an employee, whether that's as a customer or a major shareholder, which is Air Canada. For me personally, I want to create a work environment where, A, I want to go to work every day and uh, the team around me wants to succeed. I'd love for Air Canada Rouge to be one of the most successful airlines in the world. We're at 53 aircraft. We think there's opportunity for growth. We're the third largest airline in Canada. We're in the top 100 in the world. There's tons and tons of opportunity for us. We're going to carry millions of people around the world. 
We're going to create incredible experiences for people. I'll tell you a great story, Harry. We had this passenger a few weeks ago, young girl who lost her tooth while she was actually in flight from Calgary to Toronto. Her dad posted in social media because we have Wi-Fi on board, and one of our social media guys picked it up without a hesitation. John Zydos is his name. He had just the day before had a birthday party for his daughter, and he had hired a bunch of princesses. He calls the company and asks them to send one of the princesses over to the airport for the arrival of this flight and created what I think will be an experience for this young girl she will never forget in her entire life, nor will her family. So when she arrived, the tooth fairy was there to greet her on arrival as she lost her tooth on board Air Canada. And I can tell you that was such an inspiring story. And those are the kinds of things that set us apart. Those are the kinds of things that humanize the Air Canada brand and the Air Canada group of companies. Those are the things I want to create. Holy smokes, Duncan. I love the way you think. I like the things that get you excited, get you inspired. Before we wrap up, I've got a couple more questions for you. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, please. Here's the first one. What are the biggest challenges that you see facing leaders out there today? We're bringing on to the workforce a lot of young folks who just think differently. I'm 50 years old this year. and Happy birthday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> When I entered the workforce, I remember the president would be on the floor and you wouldn't leave until you knew for sure that that guy either had left or that lady had left and they didn't need anything. That's not the type of individuals who are coming into the workforce. These are young, they're smart, they're aggressive, they want to experience things, they want to be vice presidents and presidents 10 minutes after they join the organization. So you got to manage these folks and create opportunities for them at the same time you have a business to run. How do you manage the new workforce? And how do you manage all of the technology that gets introduced every single day? Those are all things that I think leaders are struggling with and want to capitalize on at the same time. Yeah, I think the toughest job for any leader is people, being able to inspire them and being able to find out how are you going to get the most out of every single individual you have in your organization. I'm always thinking about individuals on my team who are big contributors. How do I continue to motivate them and how do I continue to create opportunity for them? You don't want to lose great talent. You want to keep them inspired and you want to keep them motivated. Well, I really appreciate that answer. And I think that it really speaks to a lot of the experience that's led to your success. So last question for you here, Duncan, what does inspired leadership mean for you? I'm learning every single day about what inspired leadership is because I don't know that I know the answer. I, I think that for me, it's about continuous learning. I read every single thing I can get my hands on about leaders who inspire and leaders who create great companies and how they did it. What is it they did differently? How do they see their employees? You know, I think of a guy named Ryan Gill out of Calgary who runs an organization called uh, Cult, and he started a new organization as well. What inspires guys like that? What drives them every single day? It's not financial. It's about creating these great experiences and creating great companies and places for people to work. It's guys like that that I learn from every single day. Think back to guys like Don Bell, who was one of the founders of WestJet. Again, a guy who really was people-focused here at Air Canada today. I don't think there's a better leader in any organization or any industry than Kalen Rovanescu. This guy motivates people. He understands what it takes to run a massive organization. He's doubled the size of the organization since he took over as CEO. I think the stock price is up like 3,000%, some crazy number. But he's done it with humility, and he's done it by building a really strong team. And by getting 30,800 employees behind him, all of us working together. Inspired leadership for me is kind of an evolving definition. What does it actually mean? I'd love to be considered, you know, one of those guys who is a great leader. And I want people to remember working with me fondly, not for me. 
because nobody works for me. We all work together. And if he can do that, what a great legacy to leave behind. There's something about you that is really a combination of both energy and humility. It works. It works in bringing people along with you. It works in setting audacious goals that everybody works towards. I think that what you've just shared with us is absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much, Duncan, for taking time out of your busy day to speak with us here on the show and for sharing your perspectives and stories. You are absolutely one of my favorite business leaders, one that I admire and respect the most. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of you and (laughs) Pat. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys again. Thanks for letting us come on and talk about Air Canada and Air Canada Rouge. We think we have a great story to tell. We're great contributors to the economy, people's life and experiences, and uh, we want to continue doing that positively. So thanks for giving us the opportunity. Absolutely. Lots of support for Air Canada, for Air Canada Rouge. What you guys are doing over there is fantastic, and I'm a big supporter. Well, there it is, another inspiring leader and another great episode to help all of us become even better leaders. Thanks, everyone, for your time and attention. Don't forget to share the love with your ratings and comments on iTunes or wherever you tune in to the show. That's it for this week on Inspiring Leaders. Thanks again, everybody. Take care and bye for now.